0: Thanks for joining us on Our Father's House's weekly podcast, A Place to Find God. Each week we bring you a sermon from our Sunday services where you can be uplifted and grow in Jesus on the go. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us, you can always check us out online by going to OFHorangeburg.com. We'd love to get to know you. Now let's get to this week's message. Hallelujah, Man, I am so happy to be here today, y'all. Can y'all help me? Bless the Lord for the Rileys. Yes, I said their name like a reality television show because the world needs to know the Rileys. Listen, if we wrote the pilot for the Rileys reality show, would you watch it? See, they talk about knowing me in the natural, but I've had the privilege to know them in the natural for years and watch them for years. And they are funny. They all are deep and serious in front of y'all. So, like, you see how they are stately. You know, President Obama got his cues from Bishop Riley, uh, obviously. Uh, you, you, you can tell. But they are real people. I know y'all know that already. But they are real. That's why you're clapping. They are real people. And, and the reason why I love that is because sometimes when we get saved, it's like we feel like we don't have a personality anymore. You know, once the Holy Ghost got gotten to us, we are the Holy Ghost. And we walk like the Holy Ghost. Like we like we ghosts. (laughs) Like we are invisible. Y'all can be seated. We we do. And it's like that's not what he did. He he came to save your personality so that your personality can reach people that are like you or people that will gravitate to you or be connected to you because everybody's not going to sit and be led by me. Sometimes they want to be led by you. Sometimes you speak a language that I don't speak in the natural and the spirit. You might speak the language that you, where you come from. And so people need to know that. And so I want to just bless the Lord for that opportunity. Uh, y'all I feel so at home that I'm going to start off. I do. I feel so at home. I have so much to say, but first man, I God, I want you to know that the Lord is doing some, some shifting in you. He is there. There's is some rearranging, not that because anything was wrong, but in this, there's a new season that he's bringing you into. Uh, and I'm, I'm talking about spiritual things. There are some things that God is going to open to your spiritual eyes, things you've never seen before. You're going to see God in this season in ways you've never seen him before. You're going to know him in ways you've never known him before. You you've approached some circumstances that you've never pro- approached before in this season. it has been very different and, and even difficult and so much so to you've almost had to learn God again, but I'm telling you now it's going to be a freshness and a, re- a renewal for you. Get ready for a year of just revival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get ready. This is a, a year of revival. So I want you to wake up sometimes and from morning after morning, if you can, just say, I am revived. Because he's putting pneuma. He's putting a, a new pneuma in you. Anybody know what pneuma is? In the Greek, that is the Holy Ghost. And I want to speak that in this, in this original form because that is how pure God is going to come into you as a, as a spirit self, as a spirit form. Pneuma. There's NUMA. I know we talk about a new year, but I want to thank God for the NUMA year. What am I saying? This is the year of the Holy Ghost. And I want you to know this is the year where God's going to transform you by the renewing of your mind to the spirit of God. Get ready, sir. for on fire. i I'm telling you now people go, you know, like how Peter healed people by a shadow. Your presence alone is going to minister to people before you even open your mouth because you're not ashamed of them. But there are going to be times when you don't even say anything. You just walk into an establishment or a workplace or the store or the grocery store. And you're going to wonder why people are looking at you. It ain't just because they like your shirt. It's a nice shirt. But it's because there's something on you that's gotten them drawn. The Lord is blessing people's presence in this season, y'all. Yes. Give yourself over to him. Yes. Give yourself over. Yield to him. Yes. Yield to him. I know I'm in the right place, y'all, because Isaiah 54 is actually my scripture of the year. I want to challenge you to read the entire scripture. And I promise you, if you don't, once you get home, because you don't want to do it while you're driving, don't listen to it in audio because you might wreck. I'm telling you now, if you go home and read Isaiah 54, if you don't jump up, run around and shout, I'll give you your money back. I promise. If you don't money back guarantee, if you don't read Isaiah 54 in the spirit and you don't run around and jump, I, I, I'll give you money back. All right. All right. <laughs> And the great thing is you, I never gave you any money, you gave, never gave me any money anyway. So we're we going to keep it just where it is. But Isaiah 54 is so powerful. I'll give you one little taste just to get you excited. I want your appetite. One second. Here it is. Isaiah 54, as you go deeper into the scripture, right before that, it talks about how the Lord himself created your enemies. what, do you, what does it mean by that? If I created your enemies, I didn't create them to destroy you. I made the enemy so that you can destroy him. He can't you can't lose. Right. That's the that's really the substratum of that whole scripture. That you cannot lose. All right. All right. And not only that, God will never speak in weaponry terms for people who are not fighting the good fight. Okay. So if you're not fighting, he's not gonna speak to you about no weapon. Mm-hmm. What am I saying? You gotta fight for the faith. Yes, you, do. you can't take this line down. Okay. You can't just walk around knowing God and not realize that there's an enemy too. Yeah. Okay. I'm not saying you gotta constantly be enemy conscience. What I am saying is you must be aware that the devil is not going to just let you take God, accept the Lord, accept this faith, and then you just go out and not endure hardness as a good soldier. It it don't work like that. Why am I saying that? Because some of you think that you're going through because you did something wrong. No. The challenge is coming to you is because you did something righteous. It ain't because you did something right. It's because you did something righteous. You decided that your ways are going to be his ways. Now you turn over your life. You've yielded yourself to him. And, and that was not, he's not happy with that. He's not happy with that. So understand that because if the enemy's upset with me, I'm doing a good thing and keep looking to God and keep looking to God. All right. And so that that's actually a good segue into where I'm going this morning. Why? We did a lot this morning, a lot of worship. Praise the Lord for my wife. She's dynamic. What she did doesn't hear. She does all throughout the house. All she does is sing. Uh Imani, what is one thing you say about mommy all the time that she has a what? What do you say about Ima- my mommy all the time? That she has a song for everything. Every time every time my, my, my daughter says something or we say something around the house, I don't care. If we say, we are going to have a meal today. Oh, taste and see. That the Lord is good. I don't care what, she has a song for everything. So what you saw here is what she does all the time. So we just, y'all just released her tonight, today, y'all. She, she's so excited. She's like, yeah, she, she got ready this morning. Like she was doing a concert for millions. Yes, she did. You should start. You should start. She said, make up. I said, this I'm not, makeup. She was trying to, I'm joking. (laughs) I'm being so silly, y'all. I told y'all I feel at home. This is how I act when I'm at home. She didn't. She, she she didn't do that. She, she didn't do that. But she does have a song for everything. I tell you that. So I bless the Lord for you, uh, Starlet. Man, why am I why am I so happy? Why am I so joyful? Pastor Raleigh started it. <laughs> she the one said, "I feel better about God than I ever felt for my life." She said, "I." She, so I said, "Oh." She opened the door. Why she? Why did I want to say that? Because we got to do a better job, people of God, at not approaching and walking out this gospel like we got a chip on our shoulder all the time. Bishop, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we as saved people, once we got saved, is like we got this chip on our shoulder now. I wish somebody would. To me. I wish somebody would. I'm saved. You don't know, like I know what he done for me. You know, we like we 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 talk to people like that. We tell them, like, you know, like how are you doing? I'm blessed. We don't even smile when we say it. Highly favored. You don't sound like it. You sound like you highly sour. <laughs> I'm highly favored. Like, we have this chip. And why do we have this chip? Because people have done us wrong. You know, we've been wrong. We 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 still got attitudes. We we still remember what people did to us so much so to, even though we know we're saved, we still mad. All right. <laughs> we still All right. mad. And so he saved us, but we didn't allow him to liberate us. All right. okay. So even though he saved us, Bishop, we didn't allow us to make us free from the hurt of the people that didn't hurt us. Right. So we saved, but we we still, we still strapped. Uh-huh. Okay. We say, but we still ready. So we don't use the sword like a like a sword of love. We 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 ready. And here's the problem: man. we ready to fight the wrong people though, because we real hardcore against church people. But 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 the world can say what they want to say to us, and we just you know take it. You know. Not, not like we we have to do a better job at not being prepared people of God to fight people. Yeah yeah, we got to be ready for that. So so I, I want us to. Really today, accept the word for what it is today. I want us to uh, really, really enjoy the word. I'm I'm really, really excited about this teaching this morning. It's not a long teaching, but it is a strong teaching. All right. And so I want you to accept what it is. I appreciate y'all so much. Thank you to the audio and sound individuals. Those who are watching and listening. Yes, yes, share and encourage those because even though it's Valentine's season, the love that the world is talking about is not the love that God has redeemed us for. It's not that. And I'm not knocking the season. I'm just letting you know that the season of love never ends. It goes way past February 14th. Here we go. So here it is. There are many ways we can be. You heard me say a little bit earlier about how we can be angry. We can be worried. We can be bitter. We can be mad. We can be angry. We can be scared. We can be jealous, young people. You know this too. We can be strong, children. You understand. We can we can be be weak. We can be rich, adults. We can be poor. We can be hungry. We can be full. We can be happy. We can be sad. We can be thankful. We can be grateful. We can be ungrateful. You can be pretty much what. You can be. We even tell the kids that. You know you can be what you want to be, right? Like that's our message. I'm Like. I don't know about that. <laughs> because when you, when you gave them that blank check, you just gave you gave them room to turn up in your classroom. You gave them room to go crazy in your house. And and and, and what you gonna say to them? Because you, Mama, you told me I can be what I wanna be. Here I is. You 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 already said it. And so we keep giving them these. And here's the thing, man. That is not the way of Christ. Like we don't talk like that. And I know, so I know how to mess up all your career days in school. I know I messed up everything you ever learned about being what you want to be. But I don't want to be what I want to be. I want to be what God wants me to be. Like, I don't, I really don't want to be what I want to, because I know what I want to be, y'all. I want to be a movie star. I want to be a superhero, y'all. I, Sometimes I want to be Superman. Sometimes I want to be, <laughs> I, 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 I'm telling you, it goes, my wife knows my imagination can go crazy. I have crazy dreams, y'all. You know I can be. I wanted to be Michael Jackson as a kid. I wanted to be Michael Jackson as a kid, y'all. Straight up, like, and and as a kid, I, I really I believed in Santa Claus as a kid. So I never forget when they told me, um, my grandma said, um, "What you want Santa Claus to bring you?" Well, I wanted to be Superman because y'all told me I could be what I wanted to be. So I said, "Well, I want the Michael Jackson Thriller jacket. You know, the, the beat it from the jacket from beat it and it just beat it." You Okay, y'all, 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 y'all real say. I love it. I love it. Holy Ghost saved you. But I wanted to be that, and I wanted the, the um the socks like him and those loafers like him because I want to do the moonwalk like him, not because I want to be him. And, man, uh, when I woke up that morning and I didn't receive those items, that's when I realized that he ain't real <laughs> to me because I didn't get what I wanted so I can be what I want to be. <laughs> I want to be that. And so I'm telling you, so at an early age, I realized, I don't want to be <laughs> what I want to be. Y'all, Jude chapter one. I want you to go right there. We don't, we, don't, we don't go to Jude. We skip Jude. We go straight to Revelation. But I'm telling you now, Jude has a powerful verse, a word in there that really is going to come um, to me, the theme of what I'm talking about today. I told you we can be what we want to be. We can be all these things. And you actually can be all these things. But more than anything today, there's something I want, I want you to be. So let's go to Jude 1. 20, Jude chapter 1, verse 20. Matter of fact, Jude 1 is the only one. Somebody say only one. Jude 1. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I told you, I, I, it's, it's not long, but it, it's strong. We're, we're, we're called so many things. And if you see the word of God, probably about 42 times or more, uh, God mentioned the word beloved. But here, here it is. I want you to see this with me. But ye, if you're there, say I got it. All right. If you just watch and say, "I already had it," right, here we go. But ye beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep going. Verse twenty-one. Keep yourselves. I know y'all love this part. In the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal. Life, y'all. What I'm going to look at today and where I'm going today really is on that first verse, verse 20, and that is, "But ye beloved, but ye beloved." I want y'all to say and say, "But ye beloved." Say, I want you to know something, y'all. When the Lord calls you beloved, that's not something to skip over. That's not something to skip over. And so, me being an educator and me me loving language and lo- and being very linguistic, I love looking at words. When I look at beloved, I looked at two words in there, be loved. And so tonight, today's scripture is a commandment, and that is to be loved, beloved. I want y'all to say to say be loved, beloved. Like if he's going to tell me to be loved, and I, I didn't know we had a Valentine. It was going to feel like a little Valentine thing. I didn't know my face was going to look like I'm bringing roses to you today. Look at that smile. I got some roses for you, but I, I, th- I think this is God's rose to you. I think to me this is God's love letter to you today, telling you, "Be loved, beloved." I ain't say be be somebody's Valentine. I'm not saying that. I'm saying be loved, beloved. Like He keeps calling you beloved, and so when I look at the Greek form of beloved, it is agapetos, meaning dear, favorite, worthy of love, esteem. What God is telling us, y'all, is that we are his favorite. I know that back in, in the past, the way you learned love, you felt like you had to do something to earn it. You had to be something to earn it. But I want you to know that just because he created you, he loved you. You are love. You are his beloved. And, and today he just wants us to walk in this for the rest of our lives. Take the chip off your shoulder, y'all. Take the chip off your shoulder and just wake up every morning, every day, realizing that I am loved okay all right all right so so y'all gonna act like that all right remember when you okay for those who have somebody who has a significant other remember what it was like when you didn't have somebody remember when you when you when you got them you know what it was like to feel loved i know when she felt. look at her when she soon as she got as soon as she realized i loved her she's been singing every day I told you she got a song. <laughs> I'm messing with you. She's going to get me. Y'all, but you know what it feels like when you're loved. When you are loved, there's a security to that love. When you, when you are loved, especially by a human being, when somebody loves you, it's like you feel like you're just walking on clouds. You feel like, man, I got, I'm covered. I feel like there's, there's somebody that cares about me. Can I tell you something, y'all? We live in a very contentious world. I work with young people all the time. And my work really is a work, watch this, where I deal with a lot of young people. My work is I deal with a lot of social emotional uh, issues. I'm called to some of the most traumatic events in our community. And a lot of things that I'm called to are dealing with young people who don't know that they are loved. You, you know how I know sometimes they don't know they're loved? And y'all, y'all dealt with this too. I'll speak to a child. I'll say, Good morning. I say, in high schoolers too, a lot of them high schoolers as well. I say, even young, I send in kids too. Good morning, have a great day. I'm not making it up and I'm not saying it for jokes. I'm being so serious. And I ain't just talking about people who ain't grow up in church. I'm talking about all those as well because, where's my device? Because our, our electronic devices, that is what they're connected to, that there is very minimal, thank you. Human connection now. So not only do we don't have a love connection, we have very minimal human connection now. So not only do young people don't know love, they don't know how to connect with humans now. So it ain't just that I can't say I can't love you, and you're not receiving my love. Y'all can't receive human connection because it's not digitized, it's not robotic. And so when I talk to you like a human being, you don't even know how to deal with You don't know how to talk like a human. You don't you. You don't. They don't know love. Y'all, you know what it's like when a child doesn't know love. And so and so not only do they not know love, what they do know is dejection, rejection. They don't have sometimes kids don't have people waking up saying, Good morning, I love you. These aren't words that are being heard. So when a person doesn't know that they are loved, then they grow up with bitterness. They grow up with anger. Well, we we we're the ones. So I think about like where we are right now in the church and how it feels like. Sometimes nobody wants our faith and nobody wants to come and worship with us. And nobody wants to. Like, like, why is anybody sitting next to me right now? Can I tell you this? For one, I want you to know this. This place is filled to capacity right now because of the presence of the Lord. That's one. And then, two, can I tell you something? Broad is the way that leads to hell and destruction. Narrow is the way. Narrow is the gate. And so I want you to know something that that we live in a narrow way right now. And so because we're in a narrow way right now, a lot of people don't know that the real way, the real way of space and love and joy is the way we're walking right now. They don't. Because they, they all ran to the broad because it looks like there's so much space. It looks like there's so much room. It looks like there's so much opportunity. And so what happens when everybody runs to where they think there's opportunity? That place becomes congested. Think about it. If everybody's running to where they think there's a lot of space, Like, if if everybody's saying, let me go over there, because I like how they do this. Let me go over there. And so if a million people run to one location where there used to be space, there's no longer what? There's no longer space. And so while they left where there was joy and peace to what they think is love, is actually lust, they go there, and now they're congested, and they're suffocating. All I'm saying is, people of God, don't lose our love. Don't lose the place that God has set you. Why am I saying that? Because soon they're going to realize and wake up that that's not where they're supposed to be. And they're going to come looking for the place that they were supposed to be. And if they come here, well, how will they find it? If they come to you, living sanctuary, how will they find it? If they come to you looking for love in the right place and all they see is bitterness because you feel dejected and rejected because nobody wants me and they come for love, what are they going to find? We can't afford as witnesses to be people who know how to love but not know how to receive love. Okay, I'll talk more about that in a minute. See, the concern that God is having right now, the frustration in heaven, is that he recognizes the world doesn't know love. He understands that. His concern is, I don't know if my people know love. I I don't know if my people know love. Why why is that? Because it, it feels like we're getting our cues about how to love from the world. It feels like, it, it does, because we see them say love so much, they talk, the world talks about love more than we do so much, so we think that they actually have the definition of love down pat. Because they say it so much. Have Love everywhere, I love this, I love you, I love you balloons, you can buy all your love stuff at the store, they have Valentine's Day. It looks like love has been mastered and defined by them. They have reality TV shows, they're talking about, I mean, love is being spoken of so much, and we are not speaking of it as much. When we're the owners of it, we're the key, it's, it's our love. Jude says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Like, just keep keep yourselves there. Like, no matter what happens, no matter how they talked about you, no matter what the issues are of life, no matter how you feel, keep yourselves in the love of God. Why am I saying that? Because earlier it talks about how in the last days, people are going to be mockers of God. The scripture talks about people going to be mockers of God. It also talks about how people are going to be drawn away by their own sensualities, like their own feelings. Their own appetites. Pretty much they're gonna to want to be whatever they want to be. No governor. The Holy Ghost is a governor. That's why you build yourselves up in your most holy faith because the Holy Spirit is a, you know how I know he's a governor because you didn't cuss them out when you felt like it. You didn't slap him when you when you when your flesh wanted to. You didn't you didn't talk about him. You didn't go back on social media and say about them what they said about you. You have a governor, you have something that. I wouldn't say controls you, but something that guides you and you allow him to. So the difference between you and your enemies, the reason why you don't have to have a chip on your shoulder, the difference between you and your enemies is this. Your enemies are loved by God just like you are. But the difference is you actually recognize God's love for you. You recognize that I am loved. They don't know it. So a lot of times people say they're strength in numbers. There's strength in numbers. Now I don't believe that. I believe that not everyone is strong. So how can it be strength in numbers? I believe the more people that come together that are weak, the stronger the weakness is. So there's not strength in numbers. There's strength in love. Keep yourselves in love. Y'all, Joseph himself was outnumbered. Remember Joseph and how he was outnumbered by his brothers and his brothers threw him in the pit. They showed hatred towards him. It wasn't it wasn't his his willpower that got him out of that pit. It wasn't his willpower that allowed him to uh, not allow the enemy to allow the temptations to take him out. It wasn't his willpower that allowed him to prophesy and be rescued and now become the financial leader of Egypt. No, it was the love of God. It was him recognizing that I am loved by God. Y'all be loved, beloved. You remember how when you didn't realize that God loved you, how you went about life like. Nothing could stop you. You had it carefree. I was talking to a man of God who drives buses the other day. He said, When I was younger and living foul and wasn't living for God, he said, Man, I would take my car and I would go 100 miles an hour. It's going fast. Like no, no fear, no scared. What wasn't scared at all. Now that I'm in God, he says, Doing those things now. He said, It scares me now. I'm like, Why does it scare you now? What am I saying? It should scare you. What I'm telling you is this. There were times when God. We didn't know God loved us, and we walked about life like we were not going to be bothered, like nothing could hurt us. But now that we are saved, it often feels like we think we're going to die anytime we do something. Like, like we have more fear being saved than we do when we weren't. It's like we're now aware of ourselves now. I'm encouraging you, y'all. When you're loved, when you recognize that you are the beloved of God, you're more aware of him than you are of you. You're more aware of his love for you. You're more aware of his presence, of his of his of his care for you, of his wanting to make sure that he has a perfect will and plan for you. y'all. Now that we know him, we have to recognize that he loves us. The same grace that he had on you when you didn't know him is the same grace and love he has on you. Now, now that you are aware of it, be intentional about recognizing that he loves you. Be in love. How how do we know? First John 419 says it like this. We, we didn't start this thing called love. It, it, it wasn't us that loved first. Right. He set the tone. Right. See, we don't love because I love God. No, we only love because what? He set the tone. The reason why we came in here and we're able to have a good time in worship is because the tone has been set. I mean, God set the tone for love by doing this by letting you know, let me go and take the brakes off, let me take the conditions off. I'm gonna love you before you do anything. So now you don't have to say that once I, I graduate from high school and college, and, and once I do the dishes for my parents, and once I get a lot of money, once I now I can earn my, once I get go to seminary school, or once I do enough uh, Bible studies, I'll be able to preach. Whatever. No, he says, I, I, I love you first, like you already got that. So anything else above that will never be higher than my love for you. Like whatever you get, will never be higher than my love for you. Don't ever think that you'll ever get a greater gift than Jesus Christ himself. I said that the last time I was here. God's love for you will always be the best you will ever get. So it's best to go ahead and know that. It's best to go ahead and spend time knowing his love. If God's love for me is the best I'm ever going to have, it's best for me to spend time knowing what is it that I have. What is, it, what is this love that I have that is the greatest gift that I'll ever get? Like If I, if I ain't got to work my way up to a place where now I'm ready to receive God's love, but he loved me first before I earned it because I can't earn it, then it's best to go and spend time knowing the magnitude of this special gift, the magnitude of this gift called love. Go to Mark 12, 29 to 31 real quick. And as you're going there, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to, I'm going to share about it just uh, real quick and showing you what the commandment is. The greatest commandment. Just, just check it out. And the first commandment is a love. It's, oh, Israel, Lord, our God is one Lord. Recognize that. And not only recognizing that he is the first, the first man is the hero, Israel, the Lord, our God is one Lord. Keep going. Verse 30. The second like this. Namely, this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So, first, you love God. And then, second, you do what? Love your neighbor as yourself. There's no greater commandment than this. Y'all, here's where I want to go with this. We are recognizing in that scripture that we are the lover. If I'm to love God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, and with all my strength, and then I'm to love my neighbor as myself, I know we're the lover, but you know what we don't recognize we are in the scripture? We're also the neighbor too. Like not not only are, are we the lover, not only if I'm I'm the one to be given the love, I, I'm supposed to love. But the reason why we love with a chip on our shoulders is because we don't recognize that we're also the neighbor too. So we often, Bishop Riley and Pastor, we feel guilty about receiving God's love because we're the ones supposed to be doing the giving. And so when God wants to give it to you through somebody else, no, I'm good. No, I'm no, no, let God love you through others. Because sometimes you are depleted and you can't give what you don't have. And if you are not receiving God's love and walking in the love of God, then how are you going to keep walking around being a giver? You know why? Because you have the superhero complex. You're the one that has to be the one to give it. You're the one. And God says, I want to build you up now. I want to love on you now. Like I want you're the neighbor now. What does neighbor mean? Man, neighbor means fellow man. It means no matter what your religion is. That you are somebody that is worthy of love. So that is whether you're saved or not, you deserve it. So it's best to go and walk in this love, to be free from this guilt. Man, my wife said it earlier. There are so many that are deceased with despair. They, they just, it, there's no hope. Like you've done all you're supposed to do. You've, you've paid your tithe. You've, or you've brought tithes to the storehouse. You've been obedient to the vision. I mean, you've been obedient. I'm talking about you've done things that nobody has ever has seen. You don't post on Facebook every time you give something to somebody. You know, you know, that's a new thing now, right? Yeah. Like whenever you do something for somebody, you got to post it. I just bought somebody's groceries. <laughs> like I'm gonna be giving somebody's groceries. Hold on. Oh, y'all, yeah, she crying. Watch this. And then you record them crying. You know, the word of God says whenever you do that, that's your reward right there. Like whenever, and, and I don't know, and it's, it's like it's popular now. I'm like, the devil is so tricky at stealing people's rewards. He like, so, social media steals so many of God's blessings for you. Because that's your opportunity to go and tell everybody what you did. When the right hand ain't supposed to be always telling the left hand what it's doing. Okay. But you want to tell everybody what I did. I just fed the homeless. Look. And the homeless sitting there saying, I'll take it. i I'm putting me on social media. We'll just give me the food. You can blast me. I can go viral. That's fine. I just want to eat. So they walk out getting more blessed than you. Why? Because we want to get our love from social media. That's why we want to get them likes and loves. So we want to be beloved of Facebook, yeah. beloved of Instagram, or beloved of Snap. I'm talking to kids now because, because we don't give them what true love is. They got to find it somewhere else. Yeah. They look for love in all wrong places because we're not showing them what real love is. All right, yeah. And you know why? Because we're not being examples of what it means to be loved because we got a pain in our side uh i must not be loved or we're not quite making ends meet uh, i must not be loved but can i tell you though beyond that he just love he he loves you he loves you with life he loves you with joy he loves you once you recognize the spiritual things of love you can truly appreciate the natural things that love can bring he loves us he loves us as i wrap up y'all I want I want y'all to understand that there's a hope In being loved. There's a hope in being loved. Like We don't have to be hopeless when we're loved. What does that mean? (laughs) I know we love to know the future. We love to know the future so much, Bishop, that we'll create the future just so that we're sure of the future. What do you mean? Well, I want to know what I'm eating later on. So I'll go ahead and plan it. Because I, I don't want to be, I want to be caught off guard. And I want to make sure that I'm prepared, you know, and that after, the, after, the, the church, I, I already have in mind what I'm going to do, so I, it's already ready in my mind. So that way, there's no, I'm not hopeless about what I'm going to eat. But here's this: what if you prepared that big, that big meal? You went grocery shopping, spent hundreds of dollars on grocery shopping, and somebody comes and says, you know what? For the rest of the year, I want to take care of all your meals. I want, to buy, I want to buy you dinner every Sunday. I want to make sure that you don't ever have to worry about grocery shopping, ever. What am I saying? Yeah, I use a very extreme uh, example. But what, am I, what I am saying is, is, when you're trying to control the future so much, you rob God of the opportunity to give you the hope in the future. Right. To give, give you the, See, here's what I love about God. He loves the element of surprise. Because I know I am, as a man, who knows how to give good gifts. As a man who loves to surprise my family, do scavenger hunts for their presents, and all kind of weird, crazy stuff, just to show them my love and surprise them, and 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 give them a a future that they didn't recognize, they didn't know was coming. I like to overdo it, y'all. I am extreme when it comes to love and surprises, and you not being able to predict the future. I believe that that didn't come from me. I believe that came from a God who wants to do the same thing for His beloved. Who wants to do the same thing for those who are beloved? I, I believe that he wants to do something for you tomorrow that you didn't even expect. And I know you got the lessons planned planned out. I know you got an idea of exactly how you think tomorrow's gonna go, but I believe we serve a God who wants to surprise us because he loves us. Like on Valentine's Day, when you, when you get those surprise flowers, you didn't see them, you didn't know they were coming. I believe God wants to surprise us. I do but he can't do that if we don't recognize and walk out this door, these doors today, they knowing <laughs> I'm loved. I am loved. But here's the frustration Bishop. We see love as a job to do more than a gift to share. Why would I say it like that? If it's a job to do, then a then the job is not something that you embrace or, or you have possession of. But if it's a gift to share, Before I can share the gift, I have already done what? Received the gift. I've accepted the gift. Before I can share the gift of love, all right, say it like this. My wife cooks grits for me. She does. And they are delicious, but she hates them. She can't stand grits. She was traumatized by grits in her her past, and so she doesn't like them, but yet she cooks them for the whole family. How can you cook something that you've never tasted or you don't like? Because for her, it's a job to do and not a gift to share. She's not saying, mm, these are good. I got to share with my family. No, it's I'm giving these grits to my family because I got to they, they want grits. They like it. I don't like it, but I'm going to give it to them because they like it. Well, that's, that's how we often treat love sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know I'm not loved, but they got they like it. They got to have it, so I'll make sure they get it. That's not how we do love. We love because we have been loved. We love because, mm, this is good, young people. This is good fatherless children who didn't grow up without their dad. Y'all, I know what it was like not to grow up with my father. My father died of COVID in November. My biological father, father died of COVID this past November. My dad, some of y'all know he has about 20-something children. There's a child that he has that is unborn right now that died at at, at, that while he was 69 years old. He kept having children, and so he never loved me. And so, when he died, he died me thinking that I was going to have an opportunity to know him and have a relationship with him before he died. Never saw that he would die before I got a chance to get to know him. Never saw it. But growing up in life in poverty, growing up in life not having a father who loved me. It was challenging because I had these anger in me, this bitterness in, wow, what have I done for him not to love me? But it wasn't until I got saved that I realized that what I was wanting from God was a romantic love. A love that he would date me and buy me flowers and make me feel all ghouly on the inside. And while I believe that God can do all those things, he can color his love that way, more than anything, I believe his love does this. It redeems my soul. It buys me from the enemy of going down a rabbit hole of Because my daddy didn't love me I'm going to I'm gonna do a woman wrong Because my daddy don't love me I'm going to be angry I'm going to sin I'm going to steal I'm going to rob I'm going to kill Because my daddy don't love me I have a right to be angry and bitter Because my daddy didn't love me I have a right to walk around with a chip on my shoulder and Although I got, I'm getting a job I got paid I might go to church My daddy didn't love me So that's how my father in heaven goes But the devil is alive Because once I recognized that He loved me, there was no comparison to the love that I didn't have. Like there was no comparison to the love that I didn't receive. Once you know you're loved by God, you can't even compare His love to the love that you never got from the people that supposed to love you. But that's a gift that I have that I just gotta share. So because of that, I now love young people the way that I was loved by God. I now find myself talking to young people that grew up just like me who want to take themselves out of this earth because they have the despair. They have this hopelessness of thinking that nobody loves me. Saints of God, we can't afford to walk around unloved when there's so many people in the world who don't have the access that we have to God's love that we truly just operate like it's we, we, we we can choose to love them or not. When he bought you, he redeemed you. Maybe we forgot that we were sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea, what heard my despairing cry and from the waters he lifted me. Now safe am I. Why love lifted me. Come on, love lifted me when nothing else would help. Love lifted me. See, it wasn't somebody's money that lifted me. It wasn't somebody's great favor and connections that lifted me. It wasn't no no deal behind the back door that lifted me. It wasn't something that I could put my finger on. It was his love that lifted me. And then he engineered circumstances and put people in my pathway and gave me a phone call in the midst of a trouble moment that said, I'm praying for you. That's love. I was going through one of the most trying times of constantly back-to-back losing young people to gun violence to the point where I was about to lay on the floor and just say, Lord, what do I do? And I was getting so frustrated and and mad and angry and almost feeling like I was to blame because I wasn't doing enough. And then out of nowhere, I got a phone call from Bishop Raleigh and said, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And God wants you to know that you have the victory. I said, love lifted me. <laughs> I said, I am love." Because at that moment, I was like, what am I doing wrong? And he said, love lifted me. Couple weeks later, all kind of weight of the job and, and pressure because, see, I don't accept my job as a job. I accept it as a ministry. And with that ministry comes this load and this weight. But I keep going because I, I know I'm love. But I keep going because something is going on that I can't quite understand. And I'm like, well, what is it? And then all of a sudden, Pastor Riley calls and says, he's going to take her care of the weight. I said, is she bugging my house? did not oh, they, 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 no, love. He wants to bless you when you don't even see it coming. Please rise to your feet and recognize God loves. He, he loves. He loves. Somebody say, Oh how He loves us. Oh how He love. I want you to take this moment right now. Come on, this ain't. This, this, don't don't look at it like it's coming from me. Like there's a man up there talking. No, I want you right now. I got to tell you something. This this, this is not a moment in history that's to be overlooked. This very second right now, heaven wants to meet you and help you recognize I love you. So I want you to be loved right now. Go ahead. Just take a moment. (laughs) I love the song. They said, I didn't earn it. (laughs) Overwhelming, never ending, reckless love of God. What does that mean? What, what does that mean, reckless? Reckless love means he breaks all rules to get to you to love you. He breaks all the social media rules to get to you. He breaks all the societal norm rules. To wh- he get, if you ain't pay your tithe and you messed up and you did wrong, and if you're willing to turn from your wicked ways, he going to break all the rules. I know I ain't supposed to heal on the Sabbath, but I'm going to break all the rules to love you. I made the rules. I can remake the rules. I'm going to break the law by fulfilling the law and doing what the law could not do, and that is love you. See, the law couldn't love you. The law only reminded you just how much you weren't worthy of his love. But when Jesus came, (laughs) y'all, when Jesus came, he said, no, I'm going to do away with the law by fulfilling the law and doing what the law could not do, and that is love you. So that love makes me not want to sin. See, I don't want to not sin because I don't want to die. I don't want to not sin because I love God and because he loves me. Somebody say he loves me. Yeah, we can prophesy. Yeah, we can lay hands and all, and all those mechanics are awesome. But if we don't recognize that he loves us and we love him, it is tinkling brass. Playing symbols. He loves me. I don't want to be a, a, a people of God that make a lot of noise and say nothing because I don't know your love. Paul said, I, I say to know anything. I don't want to know nothing except being crucified that he raised from the dead the power of his resurrection i want to know him and i want to know the power of his resurrection what is the power of his resurrection his love his love for me his love for me man i don't care what happens in your life say he loves me i don't care how the day goes he loves me man that's my constant declaration and my hope right there if you're in this room right now and you're saying man i have some issues like god is not as close to me as he used to be if there's anything in you right now that you say i want to go ahead and lay down at the altar i'm going to invite you to the altar in a very safe way in a very spread out way you can feel free to come to the altar at this time hallelujah yes lord if you know his love and you are where you want to be and need to be and the word itself did what it's supposed to do in you and that's fine but there might be some that can't get to the altar virtually and you're saying man I wish I want you to allow God right now to bring you to the altar of your heart and even now for those who are listening and watching those who are in the room right now I pronounce this blessing of God upon you right now of peace, of salvation, of of rescue, rescue from this adulterated form of love, this compromising and conditional form of love that said you had to do something to get this. And I speak liberty upon you right now in the name of Jesus. If you don't know the Lord, meaning you don't know love, Man, you're listening and watching right now and your story might might be relevant to mine or it might be relevant to those that you know don't know his love. And you know that in order to to be saved, you recognize that I got to know him. and He has to know me. You know there's a separation between you and God. I want you to, to pray with me this prayer that you'll say out of your mouth, but it'll come directly from your heart because there's some that's watching and listening right now and and they're connected to this and they're saying, man, I, that's what's missing. I, I don't know what's love. I'm worried because I don't know what's love. I'm bitter. I don't know. I, I don't I don't walk out every day knowing that I'm loved because they walked out on me. So that was when my love went. My love left with my significant other who said I'm out and never left. The reason why. Or a loved one that loved me and was the only one that loved me the way that. I needed to be loved. And now that loved one is no longer here. And that's the only way that I knew his love. Nah, that's not how it works. So for those who are listening, watching, who don't know his love, don't know, don't know the Lord. Repeat after me. Say, Lord, I'm yours. You bought me because you loved me. When I did not consider you, you considered me. While I was in my sin, you loved me by dying for me. No greater love than a man had than to lay down his life for his friend. You befriended me, Lord, when I was an enemy of yours. Thank you for that grace and thank you for that mercy. But now God I have come to realize that I have sinned against you and I need to be forgiven. Will you forgive me? Will you save me? Forgive me for everything I've said done and thought that goes against you and your love for me. But by your spirit Lord I will live for you but Lord will you fill me with your spirit as I realize that your blood has cleansed me from the sin that separated me from you from this day forth I will not be separated from your love in Jesus name Amen. Come on, say I'm loved of God. Say I am the beloved of God. And we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. We know that you were blessed by today's message. We have to not only be listeners of the word of God, but also doers. To find out what your next steps may be, simply go to ofhorangeburg.com forward slash next come again next week where we will make sure you have a place to find God